Faith is a diamond, and it has a lot of different facets. And this morning, we are talking about uh, the facet of faith is when we are focusing on a, a vision or imagining or talking about dreaming uh, with God. And we're just going to go into who's uh, we're going to we have memory verses every week this month as well. And we've had to who can tell me what the first memory verse was from week one. Matthew 9, 29. Yeah, according to your faith, let it be done to you. All right. Okay. Home of Starbucks. Okay, what about last week? Romans 8, 28. Well, you guys are just on top of it. Yeah, all things work together for the good. For those that love God, right, and called according to His purposes. Not that everything... Nothing but good things happen, but no matter what happens to it, God is in control. Our, our futures are, are secure in His hands as He works it all out. So our memory verse for this week, and really this is something we're going to focus on our, our whole sermon this morning, our whole talk, but it is 1 Corinthians 2.9. So when you notice each week they get a little bit longer, so we're just kind of <laughs> stretching you a little bit. You had it easy in the beginning. But uh, here it goes. This is still something that's easy to memorize in, in one week, but let's read it together. What no eye has seen, what no earth heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who believe. So who's he prepared these things for? Those who uh, believe And faith is trusting God. What this is trying to tell us, let's go ahead and we'll leave this up uh, for a bit. But what uh, faith is, is that faith is trusting God for something more, something better, something grander, something bigger, something of greater glory than what we can see right now. I want to assure you through the Word of God that there are solutions that you haven't thought of. There's outcomes that are out there that are better than the outcomes and the the circumstances that you find yourself in. There's better outcomes than the ones that you can imagine. There's options that are available to us in Christ Jesus. And I want to tell you, if you, we sat here and we thought for a while, and I want to tell you that the greatest thing that you can do, God can top that. Come up with it. Like, go for the fence. Swing hard. The greatest thing that you can come up with, I want to guarantee you that God can top that. Uh, daring to imagine keeps us from underestimating who God is and what God can do in you and what God can do through you. If we engage in dreaming with God and, and uh, trying to imagine the things that he has imagined for our lives. I want to tell you, New Song Church exists because there was a few people that imagined what the Lake Norman area would look like if there would be uh, a few passionate, authentic, gospel-centered people that would go out and awaken their neighbors with the love of Jesus Christ. So we just had this thing of what it could be. We had a suspicion that Lake Norman and that actually all of the earth wasn't quite as God really intended it to be, his, his ultimate purposes and his plan. And this is the thing that we wanted his, our dream to be his dream. And, and this is what we have. And our, it is changing lives that change the world. You might say, well, how in the heck is a church of a couple hundred people 
do that? Well, we're going to talk about it this morning and how it is very appropriate for us to believe that we are a place where we can change lives that will ultimately change the world. Now, here's the big thought. Typically, I give this to you about a quarter of the way into things or maybe a third, but we're just going to go for the big thought right here, right now. And if we want to grow in faith, which is the whole purpose of Faith Forward, if we want to grow in faith, it it is uh, we need to begin we must uh, imagine what life would be like if God is as powerful and loving and as faithful as the Bible tells us that he is. If we want to grow in faith, you must begin to uh, imagine what your life could be like if God is as good and God is as powerful and faithful and loving as the Bible says he is, and that is the thing that should shape our dreams. If we look at the vision for our life and if we start off with ourselves and everything that we aren't, our faith can never grow. God can never grow our vision or grow our faith. Does that make sense? Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So it's good, right, to ask and imagine. But there's more uh, that he can do, right, according to his power that is at work. Where is it at work? Within us. So I want to tell you this. What this says about imagining is that imagining won't take us all the way there because for God, there's more than we can hope or imagine, right? But I want to tell you this, that imagining will take us to the place that God needs us to be so he can show us the things that we could never imagine, right? So there's, there's an unsticking, there's a thing, place that we have to be able to move through, and that is we need to ask and imagine. And it says here, according to the power that is within us, we don't have to worry. And, you know, sometimes we're going to talk about the things that we, uh, you know, shouldn't imagine, the things that we can't imagine, but... I want to tell you that imagining won't take us all the way there, but it will take us to the place that God can show us the things that we can't ever uh, imagine. This is the way that we grow in faith, and we need to ask and imagine in His power that is within us, right? Who is that? The power, God's power within us. It's the Holy Spirit is in us, and He can keep our, 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 our vision and our imagining. He can keep it on track. He can sanctify it, and He can keep us from getting into the weird or harmful things. So there's a, a pastor that I know, and he says that there's really three, thing, three types of things that we can imagine. And the first thing are the types of things that we should not imagine, right? And the first thing we should not imagine is fear. I want to tell you, fear is the misuse of a great gift from God. God gives us our imaginations not to exercise fear, but to exercise faith. And so often we want to take our imaginations and we turn them over to fear and we just go through these things and it affects our lives. We, we shut down. It's, a lot of times it's known as anxiety because in our imaginations we start exercising fear. But in God it was never intended to be that way. He gave us imagination so that we could exercise faith along with him. 
The things that we shouldn't imagine, that's fear, right? Uh, the things that we shouldn't imagine are uh, lust, you know, thinking about certain things. Uh, no way. There's not, uh, we shouldn't use our imagination to figure out how we're going to exact revenge on somebody, right? We would never do that. Now, the other thing, too, is our imaginations. You know, they can be these fantasies and take us into the occult. These are things that we should not imagine. There's also some things that we cannot Imagine Job 36. We're going to read uh, the first uh, part of verse 26. It says, How great is God beyond our understanding? So we can uh, apprehend God. We can learn a lot about Him, but we can never comprehend you know, God. It's just the things that God that we do understand are the things that the internal, the eternal, has shown those who are part of creation. Right, so how great is God beyond our understanding? And it goes on to talk about he's beyond the years. Who can guess like how long this guy has been around? And that's because nobody can because nobody's like God. Nobody was there when God existed to be able to count how far this thing has gone. But I want to tell you that there are some things that we should be imagining. You know, uh, empathy is a key component to compassion. Sympathy will never get us to compassion. Sympathy says, oh, those guys don't have any food. That sucks. Right? And you move on. Empathy is this. Those people don't have any food. Let me imagine what it must be like to be an eight-year-old and come home and mom and dad aren't there. And I go to the refrigerator. I open up the cupboards and there's nothing there. Let me imagine you know, as I just stuffed down a big burrito or a hamburger and got a full plate and I'm sitting there, I wonder, I have to imagine what it would be like. I haven't eaten for a couple of days and my stomach, all I can hurt, think about is how badly my stomach hurts. You see, there's, there's some things that we, that we should imagine. Philippians 4.8 says this, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So, you know, God, uh, he created the heavens and the earth. And I want to tell you that, it, that he took a big block of nothing and carved out the universe. But he, he, had an, he had an idea. He imagined what it would be, and then he spoke it into existence. The great sculpture David, I've got a little a picture of it. Um, but, you know, it's just, it blows my mind because I, I'm, I'm not an artist in the least little bit. I'm still on stick figures, and uh, I don't know. I mean, as my grandson grows up, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have to get a little bit better about some sketching and Play-Doh and make things that look like a dog and different things, all of that, but I'm just not, and I'm just amazed, I mean, that this thing starts off with like a huge block of granite, huge block of marble, and, you know, uh, Michelangelo, he had this thing, he had this thing that he was imagining, and all of a sudden, he put it down on, on paper, and then he takes this big, huge block of marble, and he starts chiseling it away according to the vision that he had, and he ends up with a beautiful, stunning work of art. Like, how can you possibly get there? I mean, for me, I can't imagine. 
how you would take a picture or a profile of somebody and make it into a 3D statue. But I want to tell you that just like a sculptor, right, imagination shapes our lives. It says this in Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he, right? President Lincoln once said, uh, you know, if a man thinks that he can or he can't, what? He is right. The thing is, is our imagination, our vision really shapes our lives. And today what we're trying to do is we're going to start off with this block of what our lives look like. And we're going to ask God to reveal to us what his vision is for our life. And then we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and knock off all of the bits that don't look like the vision that he had for our life. And you might have to add some clay to it and make some things up and put some stuff on and increase some dimensions But I want to tell you, that's the whole purpose of this. And I want to tell you that once we do that, once we have God's vision and let that shape, just like a sculptor, our lives, we're going to be left with something amazing, more than you can hope and more than you can imagine. And you may be thinking, and sometimes we see things or we hear God prompting us to certain things, and you may be thinking, hey, I just can't imagine God would use me for that. Right? You may be thinking, I can't believe God would use me for anything. You ever had that thought from time to time? I can't believe it. Well, I want to tell you the assuring thing is if we look through the Bible that there was some great people of God, great people in the Bible that had the exact same thought. If you look at Abraham, if you look at Moses, if you look like people like uh, Gideon, we'll see that they thought like, God, like that is an awesome vision, God, but you've got the wrong person. <laughs> Let's look at Abraham's life. I'll, t- I'll show you what I mean. So Genesis 12, 1, it says, the Lord said to uh, Abram, who later we, we know became Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So he's got this vision, right? He's dreaming. He's inviting, he's inviting uh, Abraham to dream with him. And I will make you into a great nation. Now that sounds like pretty cool, pretty awesome. But he must have thought like, you got the wrong guy. Why would he think he had the wrong guy at the time? Abraham's 75 years old. 75 years old. How many children does he have at that point? Zero. And his name is the father of many. The the father of multitude, right? Can you imagine? He's going out. Goes to the store. Hey, what you doing? What's your name? Abraham? You know, back in the day, too, if you were like Harry then you would just call yourself Harry. But, you know, you just said your name. It meant something. I don't even know what Jeffrey means anymore. I forgot. You can look it up on Google and get your uh, names and and do all that. It's a fun thing to do. But here Abraham made, uh, you know, a father of many, a father of a multitude. Could you imagine this like, yeah, what's your name? Uh, Abraham. And can you imagine being the guy across from him going like, "Uh, well, where's your kids? Like, I know you got a couple, Right? Imagine what he would have to do every time he said his name. His name was a vision. 
from God. It was a plan and a purpose that God had for him to agree with or to disagree with. And I want to tell you that sometimes he struggled because the vision that God had given him, the, the thing that God had imagined for his life, Abraham couldn't just latch on to because of the circumstances didn't line up in any way, shape, or fashion. But I want to tell you, this is the rest of the story, how it kind of goes. We're going to skip through to Genesis 15, 2, and it says, But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, it's a good thing to call God, right? Uh, what, can we, uh, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. And then the word of the Lord came to him and said, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And God, he, he took Abraham, Abraham outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord and is credited to him as righteousness. You know, what do you do when our reality just doesn't match up with this awesome thing that we've heard from God? And I want to tell you, you know, God is constantly showing me, like in, in, in my studies and in my, my own personal devotions, how much he loves me. But when I read this, this story of Abram in this chapter, I was just like, can you, how loving God is. You know, God shares his vision for Abraham's life. And then he does something very, very cool to draw Abraham in. He wants to activate Abraham's faith. He wants to activate his vision. So what he does is he invites him to come out and to look up and to look into his greatness he woos him into the vision. He says, come and, and count, <laughs> look at the sky and count the stars. And I want to tell you that he did that to get his imagination going, to get him unstuck from the place that he was. And this is the whole purpose of Faith Forward, is to get us unstuck because we have accepted other dreams or we've had dreams or visions and it hasn't matched up to circumstance. So in that case, we just believe something else that's a very very cool vision but god just had the wrong person so if we don't meet with god regularly i want to tell you this is what's going to happen is that our vision leaks so just like a helium balloon will get full and you know goes up and it's like ah it goes way to the top of the barn or something like that and it's got a pretty good view way 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 up there full of helium and all, floating around. You can see everybody, see what's going on, on top of things. And then what happens when you come in a week later? Right? The heli Mr. Helium Balloon is like about five feet, just kind of hovering, strings barely touching the ground. You just give it a couple of swats, and it's kind of there. And then what happens when you come back a week later? Because it hasn't been re-energized or filled with more helium, it's just going to lay on the ground. Nobody's popped it. Nobody's done anything untowards to the thing. It's just that you know, vision leaks, and it tells us in Proverbs 29, 18, if people can't, this is the message version, um, you're, I'll read a couple different versions, but if, if people uh, can't see what God is doing, 
They stumble all over themselves. So that's exactly what God was doing when he called Abraham to come and look at the stars. Like, look at what I have done. Look at what I am doing. It's this invitation, right? Your version might say, without revelation, the people of God perish, or they they fade away, or they come unattached. They just kind of, they live lives that don't look anything like the thing that God had imagined for them when God put them together in mom's womb. So how do we refuel the vision? I want to tell you, it's only done through quiet time with God. Abraham and God had a a one-on-one. They had a a conversation. God showed him something. There was some revelation uh, that came, and that was enough to get uh, Abraham to believe the vision. I want to tell you that doubt is is the enemy of imagination. Doubts and fears will always shrink our imagination. So we have to face them honestly. Right, We may have to be, as some people in the Bible said, that Lord, help our doubts. Lord, help our unbelief. I want to tell you that Jesus can deal with your doubts just fine. But here's the thing this morning is that we have to let go of doubts. And you might be saying, well, I'm just the person the way I'm wired. I have to doubt something. Well, doubt your doubts, right? Don't doubt the vision. Don't doubt your imagination. Doubt your doubts. But however you have to do with it, get doubts out of the picture. Don't run from them, but deal with them honestly. I want to tell you, if you have doubts and you deal with them the right way, that your faith will actually grow and be stronger. So don't always run from uh, doubts. Face them head on. Be honest with them. Uh, so and how do we deal with doubts? I want to tell you the first thing we find out in 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Paul was telling the church, don't categorize people. So, And I think that he means is don't even categorize yourself. Don't compare yourself to others, right? So this is the whole thing. When God gets us doing that, it gets us off of his vision, and we get and we look at what God is, what somebody else is doing for the vision that God has, and because it's their vision, it always looks great, But it's not our vision. So we're always going to fail at somebody else's vision. Only bad things can happen when we go through our spiritual lives with our head on a swivel. So we don't do that. We don't categorize ourselves. We don't compare ourselves to others. The other thing is that we do not relive our failures. Let's be honest. We all have who we aren't. We have our frailties. We have our weaknesses. But here's what Paul said, and this is the one thing that he practiced, and I think it's a great thing for us to practice as well. You find it in Philippians 13. We're going to read the second half of verse 13, or 3, Philippians 3, yep, 13, 14. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal, right? This vision, the thing that God imagined for me and I have understood. I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward, right? This vision that God has for his life in Christ Jesus. God always uses imperfect people. Look through the Bible. Look, we looked at uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Look through those people and how they made it to the hall of faith. I have no idea sometimes. But they did something that God accounted to them for righteousness, for God to be able to call them faithful. 
But moments of doubt, if they're handled correctly, will lead us to deeper faith. The other thing is past hurts and transgressions will always shrink our vision, will always shrink our imagination. So I want to say this, practice forgiveness. Be unoffendable. The more time we spend in those types of things, the less time we are going to be looking for the plans that God has for our lives. And we may find ourselves with a vision that we don't understand. In fact, most of the time, we're going to find ourselves with a vision that we don't understand. But that's not the same as doubt, not having all of the answers. That's not doubt in the least little bit. Because even if we don't understand, we can still move forward by faith. You guys ready for my football illustration this morning? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to tell you, today I'm going to watch the 49er game. And they're playing the Panthers. So the Panther game as well. And I'm going to be sitting in my living room. I could be on my iPad. And for some way, somehow, that there's going to be a guy sitting up there with this big metal box. And this big metal box is going to have some glass lenses in it and a bunch of electronic stuff. And there's going to be a cable coming out of the backside of this box with the lenses. And somehow it's going to go into the air. And then I'm going to be sitting at home on my iPad wirelessly. And I am going to be able to watch the game just as if I was sitting there. Now, I sort of get it. Right? I know I've got to turn my power on. I know it runs on juice and all this other stuff. But I don't fully understand everything that's happening in this situation. But I want to tell you, it doesn't stop me from turning on the game. It doesn't keep me from using it. It doesn't keep me from moving forward and buying another one because I know it's going to work. What's God's vision for you. I want to tell you, if it's God's vision, you'll know because it'll be centered on his church. It'll be centered on growing his family. It'll be centered on increasing the kingdom. It'll be centered on eternity. What's God's vision for you? I want to tell you this. If you imagine when you pictured what God has for me when I got saved and the biggest and greatest thing that he could do in my life, it was because it was to make me comfortable and to put me in situations where I would be completely and utterly prepared for anything that came my way. I want to tell you, probably wasn't God's vision for your life. If your vision for your life is to be self-centered and to have this dream and vision of self-pity, I can guarantee you that that is not the vision that God has, what God had imagined for your life. Part of the dream, whatever it is, if it's connected with God's vision for you, is going to be about being involved in the Great Commission, your part in going out into all the world and making disciples. So this is how we refuel our, our, our vision. Just like Abraham spent time with God, this is the way it happens in Ephesians 1.18. Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus and says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. He called them holy. And we know they kind of messed up, huh? He calls us holy. If you're in Jesus Christ, he calls us holy. If you're in Jesus Christ, you have a glorious and rich inheritance. God, and spend time with him, he will refuel. Do it through prayer. Let the, the eyes of your heart, let's to see things. Imagine what God has imagined for you. Here's the way that it works. You can ask questions like in regards to the Great Commission. What 
if? How could things be different in my neighborhood, at my workplace, uh, in this world, in this one situation? Ask the questions. And from there, I want to tell you that God's dream, God's vision for your life will come out of those things. The other question to ask is, why not? Why isn't that being done? Why isn't that being done well? I want to tell you this. I've seen, I've seen people that have this tremendous gift to be able to look and to see things like, well, well, why not? Why doesn't it exist? Why is it done that way? And I want to tell you, it's one of the greatest temptations there, are, there is to use that information to go ahead and to criticize somebody else. You know, if you're wondering, well, why don't they do it? It's so easy to see. The reason they don't do it is because God didn't show them. He showed you to do something positive about it, to sow the opposite seeds in the situation, to go and say, hey, there's a vision. I think that we can do this, and to keep it moving forward. So ask the question, why not? What's not being done? What could be done better? And the other question is, well, why not me? Why not me? And let God's Spirit come in. We have visioneering kind of meetings or imagineering meetings every year. And I want to tell you, a lot of the things that we have and we do here in this church came out of those meetings that we have every January at the beginning of the year. Creative Arts Camp came out of a time where we all imagined how we could impact this area for Jesus. Uh, Excel Marketplace Breakfast, meeting the the needs of uh, moms in our area, New Song Moms. But I want to tell you, it all came out of that. Stretching uh, my imagination, your imagination, begins with believing who God is, right? So never, don't start with yourself, please. Look up and count the stars. Look and see what God is doing and has done. And I want to tell you that all of a sudden, you'll be able to be stretched in your, your, your dreaming and your vision uh, for these things. Ask a question this morning. What do I need to get rid of to be able to dream? What do I need to get out of my life, to get out of my thinking, out of my world, so that I can begin to dream big again, that I can begin for the thing that God imagined, the things that He has shown me and told me, no matter how big they are, that I can believe that it can happen in me and through me because of God. How would life be different if I spent 30 minutes like Abraham spent with God and just saying, hey, show me, Lord, like going back and forth and talking to God and then and looking at his promises. That's the other thing that happened too, right? God gave Abraham a promise and all of a sudden he, and God gave him this beautiful invitation. He will do the same for you if you'll give him the time, if you'll sit with him and give him 30 minutes a day. I want to tell you that's the challenge. That's the thing. Your, your vision will be uh, refreshed. And then I want to tell you <clears throat> to put your dream out there. I can remember when Julie and I, we had a, uh, an outreach ministry and God told us to plan a church when we, after we were out here for a bit. And, man, the first phone call was the toughest. We, we, we're we're going to start a, 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 well, you know, I mean, we've been here a long time now. And, you know, uh, well, we, gotta, we can lead worship. And, but to be able to say, we're going to plan a church. It took so much courage, but once it got out there, we're like, yeah, it was like this big, huge hurdle, so get it out there, write it down. We're going to take a few minutes right now. Um, Adam, uh, Seth, the worship team, if you guys could come up, but here's what we're going to do. You've got the cards for Faith Forward.
And we're going to take some time right now. And the reason that we're taking this time is for you to begin to, uh, to envision what God has for you based on who God is. We get it. It's a natural thing to say, well, this is who I am. There's a limitation. I want to tell you, we sang it this morning. Nothing is impossible with God. Look up at the sky. Look at the stars. You know, and then tell me, what was it that you couldn't do? With God directing your vision, with the Holy Spirit. It's Christ's power within us. He will keep you from getting into weird fantasies and getting you off and all this other stuff. Right, but God has imagined something for you and it's time. It's like this morning. It is the time is at hand. Maybe he gave you something a while ago and you set it off to the side because your circumstances didn't look like the promise, just like Abraham's life. I want to tell you this morning is the morning to pick it back up. Tell somebody about it. Go ahead and put it on a card and, and pin it up there on the wall. And I believe I, this is a personal thing. God, I believe God is impressing on somebody right now to look up and look at the stars and start to count them. And as soon as you run out of numbers, that's where he begins. More than you can hope. More than we can imagine. Imagination won't take us all the way there, but imagination will take us to the place where God can show us the things that we can't imagine. Amen. There's nothing God can't do in your life. We come this morning to focus on the greatness of God, the one who imagined the universe and then spoke it into being. The one who holds and has continued to hold the universe in the span of his hands. He is calling you by name. He had a vision and a purpose for your life as He was putting you together in your mother's womb. Lord, we pray for faith to be activated in this place this morning, Lord. Not to put the bigger car or get the bigger house. Lord, you gave us imagination to dream and to have faith for things of your kingdom, for things that are eternal, for things of so much more glory than anything on this earth. 